The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. I heard from a rabbi in this community. I don't want to say his name because I didn't ask him permission to say his name, but he did give me permission to say the story. This rabbi has a school, and at the same time, he's a businessman. He has a business. He works in car parts. And because of that, he went on a business trip with his partner, a real mainstream SY guy from the community, the two of them together, the rabbi and his partner, they went out to Detroit, the Detroit industry. I mean, that's where the automobile industry really is. And they were out there for the weekend. They wake up Monday morning in Detroit. That day was Monday morning, September 11th. That was the great 9-11. They woke up to a world that was falling apart. America was under attack. And they heard about the first plane that went into the towers. And then he heard about the second plane. And then they heard that the towers came crumbling down. And then they hear that there's another plane on the way to the White House and another plane on the way to the Pentagon. And they started going crazy. And the rabbi told me, he says, my wife was calling. She was saying, where are you? We don't know what's going to happen at the end of this day. I have the passports ready. Who knows what's going on? You get home now. And not just the rabbi, his partner as well. His wife called him panicking. What's going on? Get home. I don't care what business trip you're on. You get home to your family now. Who knows what's going to be? America's under attack. So what did the rabbi do? Him and his partner immediately, they checked out at a hotel, canceled all their appointments. The world was upside down that day. And they went straight to the airport. They come running up to the counter. We demand to take the first flight out of here. The lady by Delta is looking at them. Are you joking me? Are you joking? Did you watch the news, Rabbi? America's under attack. There are no flights going anywhere. Not today and not for the near future. All flights are canceled. There's no way we can give you any flight. There's no way we can give anyone a flight. There's no flights. All flights are grounded. The last place you want to be now is in the air. They thought to each other, she's right. How are we going to get home? And their wives keep calling and calling and calling. Where are you? The situation's getting worse. America was in a panic. These two guys were on a business trip. So the rabbi tells me he comes running out of the airport, him and his partner. And what do they see? They see the rental car counters. So they run up to the first rental car counter. They say, please tell us you have a car. We'll drive back. Sorry, sir. All our cars. They were all grabbed up after the flights were grounded. Everyone has the same idea you have. He said, oh boy. He goes to the next one and the next one. Everyone's sold out. Finally, the last company on the road. He runs into Hertz. And even though their price does hurt, but they ran into Hertz. And he's begged, lady, please tell me you have one car. She says, sir, listen to me. We have one car left. If you would have came five minutes later, I guarantee the car was gone. It's all oh, Hashem, Hashem, thank you, Hashem. I can finally calm down my wife. I'm going to drive home. It'll take me whatever, six hours, but I'll get home. I'll take it. Puts down his credit card. And she says, okay. She starts writing up the contract and she goes through everything. And then finally she turns to him and says, okay, here's the keys to the Dodge. It's out. His partner says, what? What type of car is that? She says, it's a Dodge. A Dodge? You're giving me a Dodge? 
My Hedama doesn't drive a Dodge. You expect me to ride in a Dodge? I won't be caught dead in a Dodge. Come on, tell me you have something luxurious. You have a Volvo, right? A town car, a limo. The rabbi looked at his partner and his jaw dropped. He says, are you out of your mind? It's 9-11, it's September 11th. The world is coming to an end. You want to make a thing over a Dodge? He says, Rabbi, I'm sorry. You can take it if you want. I will not step foot into that car. No leather seats? Are you joking me? I am not going into a Dodge. What happens if somebody sees me in that Dodge? I'll be ostracized from the community. Are you joking? This is not a made-up story. I heard this directly from the rabbi. He got into the Dodge, drove home, and the guy would not go into the car. He told his wife, honey, they had no more cars. That's not a car. He went back to his hotel and waited four days until they were able to start up the flights again. Where's the sacrifice? If we don't teach ourselves, our kids, what it means to work for something, to challenge, to overcome, we've taken out of their toolbox the most valuable tools of life. The moment something goes wrong, not going to know how to deal. Then we have 48-year-olds running back to mommy and daddy, crying and throwing a fit like when they were four years old. Because no one taught them how to sacrifice. No one taught them that it's okay if life isn't perfect every moment of the day. No one taught them that when things go wrong, you can persevere. And there are going to be challenges in life. And no matter what family you come from, no matter what your last name is, no matter what the bank account is, there's going to be challenges in life that you're going to have to rough and sacrifice and deal with. That's why to me it was amazing. But we hit a certain point where we have to resend out the message. We became very comfortable and we have tremendous blessing in our community and it's a community of affluence and they give like nobody else in the world. But let's remember who we are. We're a people of sacrifice and the sacrifice should not rob us from our secret to success. We're talking about sacrifice. We're talking about the Jewish people. We're talking about being able to sacrifice, to be able to reach, to be able to sacrifice for others. Ay, ay, ay. We became very comfortable. Kalakavod. We're a generation added a Holocaust. Hashem is comforting us. We need that comfort. We do. We need the healing process. But not to forget what a Jew is about. Not to forget that the essence of a Jew is our Mesirut Nefesh for Hashem for what we believe in, and for the abilities to sacrifice for others, this world was not just made for us, but it became such a materialistic society, so selfish. People became so selfish. When Mamashi would think the world was made for them. If Hashem wanted to make this world just for you, He could have made a planet Earth and put you in it, and you'll be the king of the ants. You're the king or the queen. Or the princess. <laughs> but whatever it is, you're, you're it. That's it. But the bottom line is, I should put other people in the world. You know why? Because he put you in this world for others, not for yourself. To sacrifice for another Jew. Enjoyed this story? 
Come again. Bring a friend. StoriesToInspire.org.